0: Talekia it's a place where people can come and where we inspire, collaborate, grow, innovate, and co-create. And everybody is welcome. Everybody who's curious to question the status quo and pursue enduring change for our people.
1: We're here with Kielan Poi. Kane Kirehoma on the Taikie podcast. Welcome, everyone. No mai haremai. This is a, a very special space that we're trying to open up to just engaging kōrero. This is one of the things that basically drives most of the activity here in Taikiya, and for I'm really interested to to see what Kiling has to say about how all of these ventures that you've engaged into. How many of those started with just kōrero? You know, like how talking to your fano about hey, I want to do this, I want to do that, uh, how can I engage with my community in a way that's constructive from my skill base, you know, how did that come to happen? And from here, from our experience in Chi and, and the way we've done it and engaged with community, usually it's like, I come in having no idea how to handle all of these ideas, all of these intentions, all of this passion about X, Y, or Z, uh, Papa and sitting down and breaking it down into little blocks and just building something meaningful out of that. Kane's been a mean driver for that. Renee, Josh, Debs, everyone. And it's really good to to be able to say that Killing, you're one of us, mm-hmm. and just that the way you've kind of brought your Papa here and share that process with Arfano. It's just very enriching. And I really want to honor you and welcome you. Day and thank you for being our guest.
2: On it, on it. Cheers.
0: Yeah, hey Kira, welcome brother. Yeah, really interested to have been a bit of time, have a bit of cordial mm. just about near yeah, all the mahi that you're kind of up to. And um, you know, one of the things that uh when I think about you is kind of um you know, ideas are ideas are ideas, but you're somebody that's really about the execution. Mm. um and actually bringing these ideas to life and kind of to our people so um yeah let's jump right in and just kind of yeah
2: and tell us a little bit about your you know some of the mahi that you've been up to now awesome no thank you uh for for this um honored to be a part of this taiki um, podcast and yeah sort of honored to be here and having a bit of a quarter to you fellas today um where do I come from uh so a bit of a mixed bag so um so coming from uh, Ngāpuhi me Ngātipura, that's pretty much the sort of uh, the main two areas where uh, sort of formulate mm. what you see before you, um, but it's been awesome um, the way that I've sort of been brought up uh, with those two, um, with these two regions that sort of, because they're so isolated and we're sort of so under underdeveloped, I guess. Um, you sort of learn learn things a different way than the big cities Um, yeah and it's all about the people in both those regions um, up on here, and then also up on Rua Tiki Tikitiki. So um yeah that's basically my my sort of heritage I guess um on that side but um in terms of being brought up sort of coming from uh coming from Guzzi, being schooling here at Cobham school. So Cobham school's not your uh not your everyday sort of St Mary's I guess in terms of some of the some of the stuff that you go through at our um, lower decile schools. Um yeah you sort of get put through your paces a little bit and then going to Elminster. And then off to the tour. so based in, in Turanga, I guess, but spent most of our time, uh, most of our weekends, holidays up in Um uh, So that's sort of my connection back and that's sort of where my heart lies. Everything I do is for pretty much my steps to get back home. Mm. So does that sort of cover off? Yeah, and then, you know, after school, where did you go to from there? Um, Yeah, yeah, so... Ritana Tour wasn't really doing it for me, so I actually got booted over to Australia and finished my two years, uh, two years of school over there, uh, sort of opened my mind a little bit. In Gizzy and around the coast you probably get caught in the big chicken and the little coop sort of mentality, thinking that you're the top dog and yeah, I was the same, I thought that I was the best at everything, going to Australia really sorted me up, um, re- realising that the world's bigger than just the coast. Yeah, so played a bit of rugby over there, done a bit of mahi, Learned some life skills the hard way. And then straight back to the army, to New Zealand army. Yeah, so spent nine years in the in the New Zealand army, uh, qualified as a diesel mechanic and auto electrician and travelled the world with the New Zealand army playing rugby, league and touch. So sort of your your dreams at, coming from Gizzy, that's what life's built on, eh? Sports and, and rugby. So no, that, that was awesome to, to sort of be a part of that. After a massive injury in 2016, um, snapped my knee, got laid up, Went into surgery, realised that I can't live my life lying on my body or playing rugby or being in the army. So I just wanted to do something I loved every day, that was going hunting, diving and fishing. Geez, surely I can um, turn that into a job somehow. So I was laid up in in Palmerston North Hospital uh, looking at the ceiling and I remember that's the first first thought in my mind was, geez I want to start a business back home for my own well-being. So I can wake up and I love what I do, mm. and that's where everything sort of—I guess—the entrepreneurial spirit started to foster. Was from that point there. Mm. Mm. So yeah, how 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 long have you been back,
0: um, back in Tidharfety, and what's been your kind of journey since coming home?
2: Yes, yeah, so I've been um, back in Tidharfety for coming up two years now. So I left regular force army and I went to territorial forces, so part time and kept my foot on the door so I could help with the recruitment of our Rangatahi and actively still play a part in, in in that side. But since I've been home, it's been really good for me being able to get back up the coast and pretty much sort of stoke these these fires of the of our um different entities that I've created and these different Pākehi that that trying to get off the ground. I might go into that now. <laughs> so um when I was talking about laid up in bed, started um, Kaupoi Adventures which was our hunting, hunting and tourism uh, sort of company in the early stages and wanted to take whānau from all over the world and bring them to the coast. I thought that uh, it would be pretty wicked to, to get up and go for a hunt, take somebody up. So that's how that began. Done that a couple of times, took a few tours out and realised that there's not a big, there's not a huge market here in Gizhi. Or in New Zealand for taking people out for our local people, it's more of those international clients. So obviously, not really knowing what to do on that side, sort of had to diversify a little bit and to make some extra cash on the side to to keep that sort of venture going. Started working with the Rangate. so working with different uh, different contracts. I was coming back from uh, I was coming back from Palmerston North every Thursday. Just so happened that I made the Coast team over that period. So I was coming back on a Thursday to go and play, uh, to do training that night. Then on the Friday, I'd go work and I'd go and run a rangatahi programme with two Arare. And then on the Saturday, go play the game wherever it was in the in Aotearoa and then jump back in my truck and drive back to Pāmi. So I done that for the whole season. So that was the whole idea was to start those foundations early for a rangatahi programme. So where that's eventuated to now is we've got our own charitable trust that we run starting next year we're going to pretty much we have 20 programs booked in for next year week-long week programs of rangatahi from all, all over the coast and we've got four staff that we've booked in to come and help implement this program so little things like that yeah it's been awesome to get home to be able to to crack into to these different kaupapa and that's the that's that one there is pretty much my heart um, that's the reason why I do do what I do. Is um, yeah, all of our rangatahi, because I know that they they are leaders of tomorrow, and yeah, some of the things that that's going on nowadays, yeah, I'm not too sure if we're sort of fostering them in the right way. So if I can do what I can in, in things that I've learned to sort of try and put them on a better path, then um, yeah, just doing my little bit for the community, I guess. Mm. Yeah, that sounds amazing. It's
1: it's really cool to talk to someone that's got that kind of narrative of their life so mapped out you know like yeah first this one and then that one and then, boom, 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 and then this thing led to the nut to the next thing one of the things that i engage a lot with is trying to own my own narrative and stop other people trying to uh, define who i am and stuff like that you know and and it bringing that self kind of started uh spirit and the self kind of determination as well It it pretty much shows that that's kind of been your path and brought you to, to where you are today. Is that something that you engage with in your work with Rangatahi as well? Like, is that something you pass on
2: on that type of work? With our Rangatahi programs, it's, I don't really know if there's a method to the mayhem for me. I just, I know what I know. And the things that I know, it's really structured in terms of the systems that I've been through. So the military, for example, it's real, real rigid. There's a left and right of arc, or there's a, um, a parameter that you've got to, You've got to stay in that box, eh? I'm over a box, so now it's still, I'm still trying to find myself in terms of what I'm trying to achieve in life. But for our rangatahi programmes and for all of our mahi that we work in that space, people think people can show me the outcomes and tell me what we're doing right and all the benefits of our people and what we, what we can achieve going forward. I don't see those outcomes in what I'm doing. All I know is, geez, um, I'll, do this, I'll do this programme, it's a week long, bang. And then it's all structured in that in that sense. And I know because it's been drilled into me in the army, um, how to run these programs, what needs to occur. Um, once I've done my job, boom, cool. I, I see the product and it's the kids are better. I don't know what the journey is in, in that sort of in between while they're with me. I don't I can't tell you exactly why the science behind it, I guess. All I know is what I do works. Yeah. And there's many reasons people have told me. Negative ions, positive ions being released from from the trees, from being in the lahihi, it just changes changes our rangatahi, changes the way that we are. So I know there's a science behind it, but my focus isn't trying to understand why it happens. My focus is let's do it, let's continue to do it because I know it works. So yeah, I guess it's more of that. Geez, let's go do the let's go and do it, and um, I'll let someone else later on tell me why it works. <laughs> Let them worry about that age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really
0: really love that. And and yeah, I really love that kind of that's your kind of uh, the way that you approach a lot of your mahi is just to kind of really jump in there and give it a bit of a crack and see how, you know, intuitively, Mm -hmm. using more of that intuitive approach to just um, doing and then learning, adapting, Mm -hmm. you know, but um, pushing things forward that way rather than, sort of a a real logical set of expected, you know, kind of outcomes or any of those sorts of things. It's really using a broad set of different intelligent skills to kind of know and find the way forward. I really think that's kind of, um, you know, one of the pieces of success about your journey. But I know that, you know, as as others who are having that same kind of success are, are really feeling their way sort of through a lot of this stuff.
2: Yeah, I think a key point about my journey is um, I don't know everything. And I think the key thing is to find those people surround yourself with um, like-minded people who know who can fill in the gaps for you. So like coming here, that's pretty much what this whole place is for me. It's a, it's a place full of all these different resources and people. Geez, I don't know the first, the first thing about bloody accounts or something, but there's a person there that that's their job and they can help and they love it. And if you ask for help, they're willing to help, and this places Taiki is is full of help. Um, so that's why it's sort of drawn me in, and it's it's got that that tanga about it. That sort of it it allows you to feel comfortable here. And I think for my journey, that's all I've been. I've got my set of skills, and I'm just trying to surround myself with people to help me in those other areas where I know that I I need help. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sort of still feeling myself. No, not feeling myself. Feeling my way through. <laughs> feeling my, feeling you my don't way. come
0: to take here to feel yourself. I'm just putting that out there. If I know. Oh, only on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: it's, it's good that you feel so, that comfortable here.
0: Let's <laughs> talk moaning tomorrow because it's kind of one of the yeah things that you know since coming home has been one of the. Kind of marquee things that lots of people kind of know you for, mm. you know, over the last couple of years and the success that you've had sort of through that. Yeah, tell us a little bit about where that, where, where did that co-papa come from? You know, what, what's been the, the, the journey so far with that? And I guess, yeah, what have been some of the, the things that you've seen and observed that as a result of doing that have kind of come about?
2: Yeah. No, the Mango Tomoran is a, a awesome sort of time filler for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, there's so much potential, I guess, for the to Tomoana to be a recognised recognised event for our people. So for those who aren't too sure what it is, it's our event that we created about five years ago now, and it races up Mount Hukurangi, spins around at the top, comes back down, jumps on a bike, bike up to Ruatoria on the other side uh, at Mangahania right, and then runs down to uh, Tuparo Beach. So all together, it's about a 52k event. So... The sort of difference of this event is it's really not designed for your multi-sport or athletes or your adventure races. It's designed for whānau. Um, Some of our whānau are probably thinking, geez, that's not my cup of tea. It's just too long. But it's actually a real, a lot of the people that are doing it are just your average sort of, your average whānau who've never done sports for a long time. So the oldest one last, uh, this year was John Moki. I think he's sitting at 70, 72, I think. So he's like a, testament to testimony himself to actually that how achievable our event is the origins of the actual event itself created it about five years ago for the military so it was designed to test resilience leadership and teamwork within some of our elite units in the new zealand army yeah so i bring them up to hukurangi i run this race for them and then i'll do a lot of recruiting with them up the coast and yeah Three, I trialled it three times with them and then I um, sort of had in my mind that I wanted to open it to the public because I thought it was too good to sort of keep a secret and I th- thought that from the feedback that I was getting from the military that it was an awesome experience for them, the first place to see the sun, all of the culture within the region. I just thought it was just a great basis to start a, a national event sort of thing, I guess. So I opened it to the public 2019. We had 50 or so competitors register and we only had 19 turn up on the day. But 19 is pretty good for opening event, I guess. That was awesome. We had our first one, got a bit of backing from some, some key people here in Gizzy in terms of sponsorship, but nothing too substantial where it was still took all of the money out of my pocket sort of thing to, to get that off the ground. Um, and then coming into 2020, that event there, we had 105 competitors 105 competitors turned up on the day. All of their fine. It was massive. We brought in the Ngati Fest, which was a community initiative that we wanted to try and uh, run in conjunction with the Munga Tumana to look after all of our manuhiri. Yeah, so that's just bigger and better things that it's coming up to now. And yeah, it's, does that sort of answer the
0: question? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, both Lobo and I had the sort of privilege of um, being part of the year's uh Manga as spectators rather than <laughs> participants mm. uh, um, maybe next year we'll, uh oh, I'm, I'm
1: gonna i'm gonna be i'm gonna be doing paintballs next year as well <laughs> i'm already yeah i'm already signed up for that one but yeah for sure i want to do that race one day yeah like personally for for my birthday last year i went up to manhikurangi i uh, wanting to get up to summit mm. so it's a special you know it's like a, it's, it's a thing. You go up there and you achieve something yep. huge. Do you guys go up to the A eh, or all oh, all the way up to the hut? No,
2: the competitors just go to the pole mm. yeah, just for the health and safety aspect, though eh? mm.
0: Yeah,
2: and it's you know,
0: the, the thing that kind of really struck me about it was, you know, as opposed to you know other other events where it's you know a lot about the about the glory and mm. the, you know, the the test and the challenge and going to extremes and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. This isn't that, you know, and really it was, you know, especially kind of come the afterwards and the haakiri and the shearing, mm. you know, particularly of the, the manuhiri, you mm. know, of people who weren't from home yep. is kind of, you know, at the marae, enjoying it and just kind of being in that space of kind of saying actually like this is something really deep really special you know you can't get it anywhere else in the world Mm. um we get to kind of you know, really connect to our fewa in a way that you know often our sort of daily lives don't don't give us the opportunity to but you know this this event has created this this space for people to just kind of really bring who they are both from the ones from home, mm. you know really celebrate being. From Ruatoria and Ngati Pro and being able to showcase, you know, the, our, our kind of treasures at home, but also for people, you know, outside of the here to kind of come in and and to celebrate who they kind of are, you know,
2: and, and it'll be be really special. I think it was something here, yeah, really truly unique. Yeah, I think I've been told that it shouldn't have been quite a few times, and that I'm doing it wrong because uh, it should be a multi. It's not a. It's not. It's not an adventure race, and it's not a multi-sport race, is, is what I've been told. I don't care. It's not any of those. There's people that we want to come back to it. There's two streams, I guess. There's people that are from, from the coast, and this is a, a vehicle for them to come back and reconnect, to go up their Mona, and go to their awa and be on their marae or go and meet with their whānau and their iwi. So this is an opportunity for our whānau over in Australia, for all over the place, to come home and reconnect with their, their whenua. It's not I'm targeting them. That's not my it's not my vision at all. It's I'm giving them an opportunity to to have a crack at coming home because a lot of our fire know they're away and they miss being home, they miss going up their mango. Some of a lot of our fire have never done it. So this is an opportunity for them to do that and um come back for a, a happy, a happy occasion as opposed to a tangy or along those lines. Mm. So that's one one side of the coin, and the other side is to provide an opportunity for Manuhiri from outside the region, from all over the world, to come to come to our neck of the woods, to come to our corner of paradise, to have a look of of yeah what we have. Yeah, so I think it's a essential sort of um, yeah it's an essential uh, event I guess to to try and bring all of that together yeah. without being having the Oh, this is the world's most altruist event and you gotta come and try and beat it. And uh, that's not what it's about. You come and participate in it and you come and experience it. Eh?
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think, you know, that kind of I forget who was kind of talking about it at the end, but um it's almost, you know, you come you come to humble, you know, you come to humble yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, and just to be, you know, and not uh Yeah. Be, you know, you come to be part of that group and that time and, mm. you know, that that place. Um and it's quite a yeah, I think that's kind of really what kind of sits at the core of, mm. of that copa. And yeah, really giving, you know, I think our our, our Ahikai, our home people, the opportunity to really showcase just the the strength, the depth of their caring spirit, their manakitanga mm. the way that they are able to hold people, you know, you know, in, in, in such a way as to um you know, just make them feel really special and mm. you know looked after and to yeah that they're coming to be part of something really really special that it, you know, there isn't that many places where you can kind of go to you know to have that kind of sense so i think mm. yeah awesome 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 job that you've been kind of doing with that papa.
1: yeah i share that vision completely so came in as in say as in a tighter in a way because not from not from the coast i'm a coasty from colombia so it's a it's a different type of feeling and just having the, so it's completely humbling, you know, I was there, uh, with the preparing, um, the paintballs to be shot at some targets in it. So that was the most fun. That that was a really good hook to get me and, and, and Camilla in, but the beauty of Ruatoria is humbling. Mm. The, uh, like the tenacity of everyone going up the manga, coming down in a cycling, doing it as teams, doing it uh, in, as individuals. Some of them engaging, like, so all of the diversity and all the beauty of, of, of the, of the race itself, humbling, ass, bro. Like, Mm -hmm. I I was buzzing out of these, you know, people from all ages, walks of lives. Uh, remember there was this, uh, deaf lady that had a very hard time kind of getting the gist of, of what she had to do on the, on the paintball, but, and she still got it, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was a very awesome, just. That little thing happening, hey, it's just poof, humbling, right down, back, back down to earth. And then just being in the marae waking up, having, uh, having Kai, the first thing they want to do after that is just get up to the dishes, you know, because it's, it's that. that mm. You know, because there was this, the, the aunties treating you like you were one of the nephews, one of the nieces. And, you know, it's being so far away from home when, like, my grandma's the one that makes me feel like that. And finding that in a play that I've only ever been for like, what, hours. Mm. Right. That is absolutely part of the whole thing. And Nati Fez as well, it just kind of tied everything in. that was a very good kind of introduction to what was in store for the rest of the journey. Man, you know, and the beauty of it is that I can tell you, look, that's an amazing idea. You've done this amazing thing, but it's everybody that's done it too. You've Mm. taken everyone with you on your journey and created this... Beautiful experience for everyone involved from the people that are hosting it and all the, you know, kind of the opportunity to show their authenticity and their uniqueness to the people that are coming from other parts of the world, completely unexpected, mm-hmm. so completely without any idea of what this were gonna was going to look like. I got this mate coming in from Hamilton. He's from the Netherlands and he was just completely buzzing. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what? what is this? <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful stuff, man. It's yeah. pretty
2: it's pretty special when you turn around and you're talking to somebody and they're speaking to you in, in, in Maori and then all of a sudden another fella comes out to you and he starts talking in Irish and, and he's having a bit of a yarn and and you just got so many different people all in this one place at the marae walking around, no shoes, just just talking and having fun, just just like how we did it back in the day. Back, that's what we're trying to create is um just a place where everyone's comfortable just to just to be there and exist, as opposed to have have to be there for a purpose, eh? Because I think there's too many things in this in everyone's lives now where they're too busy. But that's a place where you can go. Reatorio straight away slows you down. But that event there, it sort of brings you back to Earth, hopefully. Hopefully that's the sort of feeling everyone gets And Um yeah, I don't know. We're getting there. Massive. Hey,
0: um heaps of things on the go, obviously. And I guess that's kind of one of the um you know both both i think a blessing in terms of the broad range of skills that you've kind of gotten able to mm-hmm. kind of apply them across lots of different things that you've got on the go uh, but also you know reality in terms of a challenge of being mm-hmm. able to kind of keep that many bubbles sort of floating sort of around in the air and they're not little ones like you know the manga to and why you sort of say it's you know in in the spare time you know that That event is probably, you know, kind of, it's, you know, of a scale and magnitude that it's so much effort kind of going into Mm -hmm. sort of making that happen. Um, let's talk a little bit about kind of uh, light bulb, you know, because yeah. I guess kind of going back a couple of months in our conversation about, yeah, lots of things going on. Landscapes really changed in terms of what's, um, yeah. you know, with COVID and sort of having to adapt and, you know, kind of switch things up a little bit. And, yeah, in terms of light bulb. The first one that take year, you know, had kind of run a bit of a an experiment in mm. terms of, you know, it being a place where people could come with different kaupapa, put it out there, you know, to the community in terms of... Uh, in terms of what the challenges and and the the ask for help, you know, in terms of yeah, just putting it out there and seeing what kind of come back. Walk us through your experience of kind of light bulb how it went, and what um yeah what kind of came about as a result of of doing that. Mahi?
2: yeah, oh, I can see a common theme here. First for that one, and then yeah, I the <laughs> yeah, sort of see what's yeah. going on. You're our crash test dummy yeah. for uh, <laughs> all, all our all our little experiments, um, but. To sort of put it into perspective, before the light bulb evening, um, I wasn't in a good place in terms of where I was at with post-COVID, trying to sort of get back on my feet. Everything that I thought I had done to prepare for that uh, was still up in the air, like a lot of whanau were. So when that opportunity came up to be a part of that light bulb um, evening, I sort of thought, hey, why not, eh? Give it a crack. What's the worst that could happen sort of thing? So quite flustered and sort of rushed off my feet. Sort of came in and spoke with you and Renee earlier uh about what what my ask may may have been, um sort of chucked out my situation at that point, which was pretty much juggling too many balls and none of them were paying the bills basically. So once I spoke at the um at the light bulb evening, it was quite it was quite awesome to see the amount of help that was actually sitting in the room. So the ask my, was actually how do, how do I negotiate this whole juggling too many balls being spread too thin, I guess, and if anybody could help out along those ways. And some of the people, some of the things that fell out of that evening was um, got a, co- a couple of key, key contacts, uh, like Steve, Steve Whitaker, who's jumped on board with the uh, Maunga Tamoana side, to help me to take a lot of the load off, really, because um, if you can imagine, that, that is a part, part of my day. It's pretty much, it was 9 till 12 at night time that I was working on that. So with Steve on board, uh, his background in just pretty much just being top bloke and operations Mm -hmm. driven. So systems and operations is pretty much his go and he actually knows a bit bit about money. so um, Helpful, very helpful. Quite helpful, (laughs) helpful too. In terms of some of the other people in the room, we had um, Cedar. Cedar was awesome and her background being in tourism. Um, fits uh, perfectly in with what we're trying to achieve, so she's sort of jumped onto the um, adventure tourism side. So straight away, bang, it's two two of my four entities that have um, straight away been given help. On the other side, uh, with the Kura, uh, a big thing for us was to try and find funding to keep us going really, and try and get our vision out there for next year and implement our programs. And then, lo, Lil, Lil, uh, Lillian Boardman Tonight she tucked her hand up and jumped in and goes cool that's her forte um she does funding funding applications and because the they're so similar in their makeup of the the charitable trust and toy two what um toy two charitable trust they sort of naturally there's natural synergies there so bang straight away she's in there too and then yeah and then Taryn Taryn Reed she's um she touched base as well and I don't know if she added to the plate but one of the conversations we had out afterwards was uh, meeting up with Wade. So some of the uh, mahi that Wade is doing. So him and I are going to sort of touch base, and oh, we've touched base, but we're going to actually start working on some of some positive mahi in terms of the Mangotsu Warner and some of his mahi that he's doing. So all of these opportunities started coming out of the light bulb evening, and there's there's a there's a few other ones as well that sort of can't pick up off the top of my head. But it was a real the willingness of of Fano to help. Um, you just, if you chucked your chucked it out there, people were there in the, in the crowd to give you a hand and if they didn't know something, they knew somebody and they'll chuck you in, in the right direction there. So um, yeah, they've all led to a stress-free keeling now. Like right now, I've got so much stuff off my plate. It's not funny. Like I get to spend 40 minutes down here just chilling, just yarning on this podcast. So whereas before I was, yeah, before the light bulb evening, I was rushed off my feet, had all of these different ball, balls that I was trying to juggle a final thrown in the mix so um yeah it's really opened up a lot of doors and and relaxed me a lot just the the connections that I've made down here Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: it's amazing like I can't like seeing you come in the day before uh bulb. you Mm -hmm. know three months ago now (laughs) which buzzes me out equally as much. And today, it's just like your face, your whole makeup, like the whole thing just changed. And so it really shows that the value of coming in and asking for help when you're the one that's trying to offer help for others. And it's just a really good feeling kind of hearing you say all of this and just want to keep hearing more and more. Like that. <laughs> so from this place of having a lot more room in your plate, what does that kind of feel like and what were what does that mean to you what where do you think that's going to lead to
2: it's not going to lead to more initiatives <laughs> that's for sure um <laughs> I think um my sort of key um strategic plan going forward is just to make sure that these these entities that i got here smash them make sure that make sure that they're sorted um and get them running properly because I think if you start doing a half pie job sort of thing then um, what you're actually trying to achieve doesn't get achieved. Um, so the idea um, for the to tamoana is to get that up and running and have a team to be able to implement that and have full-time employment for Fano. So that's the that's the goal, is to have job more jobs on the coast with that kaubaba. And I think that's what, and with our kura, that's pretty much, like I say, my heart. That's where I want to spend my, my time. So if I can start getting everything else sorted and I can just pour all of my energy into that kura, I think that we're going to have one of the most top-notch areas to run uh, programs in, in new zealand we've got the we've got the terrain for it yeah we're starting to get the the buy-in from others we just need to have the right personnel on the ground to make sure that it's it's done properly
0: yeah
1: so it feels like a lot of things are just taking shape you know it's like it's they stop being shadows in the wall and they kind of
2: they're more materializing and concreting now mm. that's pretty cool man i think um yeah, we're getting people in. We're getting people in charge of those, or people that are buying into them. And now they're taking on more. Uh, they've got a vested interest now. So it's not just me who's the only one that's passionate about it. Uh, I think I've been able to yarn enough to the right people to get them in, interested in it. And then now they're taking on bits and pieces of it, which is awesome for me because it sees that it shows me that what I'm trying to do is meaningful, as opposed to uh, to others, as opposed to just meaningful to myself. And, and yeah, so I think that's the, that's the greatest achievement so far, massive yeah, so just
0: kind of as we start to tail off, but um yeah, thinking about you know man mm-hmm. yeah, what what have been the real kind of critical success factors or the you know
2: the the things that have been really important in your journey so far? I think leaving the army was an awesome was an awesome step for me because it allowed me a bit more time to focus on what I wanted to. And coming back to Gizzi, I had to still go into full-time mahi to pay the bills. So one of the critical factors for me leaving my mahi a week before COVID to try and crack into all my businesses full-time, it was that focus on money. So for me, trying to pay the bills was a big struggle. Um, so if you can imagine, in your own mind, you know that these up are, are right and they're powerful, but they're not paying the bills. So it's sort of you have a big fight with yourself, Hey, eh? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? It's not worth it because if I continue doing them, then my kids don't have kai on the table sort of thing. Oh, not, not kai on the table. We just go for a hunt. But um, my kids don't have a, a roof over their heads So mm. that extent. So I had that big fight and that's pretty much the, I think I had, when I came to you guys, I think I had another week left of my savings before I ran out of money. So it was at a tipping point theory and that's when you start finding in yourself what you're made out of, I guess. Mm. As you, I didn't go back to work I just sort of dug my heels in a little bit deeper and then um yeah was able to to sort of find the next that little bit of strength to, to pick me up again um, and to to move forward but the key thing for that one was changing my mindset from money driven to cop driven I stopped fo- focusing on geez I need to go get it I need to go and find this next contract to be able to pay the bills and then I just said cool I just let it let it be and instead, said if the co is right money will come and since I've had that mindset, yeah, doors have opened, everything's flowed, people have jumped on board, my bills are paid. I'm not living. I'm not a, I'm not going to be a millionaire, but the bills are paid. Like I don't have to worry about that. So those are critical points for me. Those are the. Um, that's only over the last four or five months that that has all happened. Um, but like right now, like you're saying, Loeb, I'm in a like a bit mental space, physical space. I just feel feel good, and I know that all of our co-papa are gonna fly. It's just. Yeah, just needed that little bit of that extra car just to get up again, eh? Being yeah, like you can't COVID was a was a real big event, but it happened for everybody. Um, yeah. For me, it just so happened that it was just when I was trying to launch. That's pretty much over the recent times, it's pretty much been my biggest mental hurdles and and everything they to try and get over but yeah we're getting there
0: yeah no that's so massive to kind of hear you know just i know there'll be kind of lots of things that have kind of helped to uh, just create that sort of shift and unrocking and you know light bulb and you know just lots of kind of things coming together but i think well a couple of things you touch on there is one is uh yeah mindset is so kind of critical to um to to this entrepreneurial sort of space, but probably more in terms of a leadership, you know, kind of spaces, anybody who's trying to do this kaupapa kind of work really needs to focus kind of a lot on, um, yeah, on the mindsets we kind of bring to, to the work that we're doing because, yeah, our our brain, our roro is, is the tool that we're kind of, you know, really drawing on for this kind of work. Um, but you know kind of one thing and I think it really speaks to taiki yeah, but also you know kind of kind of other places um, our own whānau for one is is needing these um, you know s- sort of spaces to hold us because mm. we're all going to have the ups and downs yeah. um, we're all kind of going to end up with some of those money worries and kind of you know it's a struggle and how we kind of making it all sort of work and connect and, and, and whatnot but um, having this sort of collective or you know groups of people just helps to kind of hold us a little bit and catch us sometimes yeah. and pull us back in and keep us kind of motivated and you know to, or just yeah let us kind of be mm-hmm. you know what whichever sort of stage you're at so you know i think it really speaks to yeah what what what's trying to be created kind of here and also kind of in the way that um that you're doing as well as yeah. you know these these are really about trying to to hold you know our rangatahi trying to hold our you know some of our whānau back up the coast you know in these kind of positive hopeful mm. you know kind of spaces that where they can kind of lean into um, to their own leadership yeah. you know as well and kind of do some of the mahi that needs to be done as well so yeah mihi nui, brother big big kind of ups for all that you do I know that it's uh, not easy but uh you know from from what we've seen and kind of observed doing it not just mean mean yeah. as and uh yeah know that you know kind of other people watch too you know and mm. they take lots of inspiration i think from uh from from you and the mahi that you're kind of doing and you know that's all the the sort of work that needs to be done This kind of going yep if that brother's kind of doing it then you know, you do your thing too, you know. Yeah. and and this, yeah, just try and figure it figure it out.
2: I mean
1: <laughs> it really feels good watching you just sit down and play the guitar, man. And it really feels <laughs> like you've landed. Hey, in, mm-hmm. and you're in that kind of riding that wave and and yeah, keep inspiring us, bro. Thank you.
2: Cheers, bro. No, cheers right thank you for everything.
1: Massive. This was the Taikie podcast. Thank you for joining us this time around and make sure to keep tuned to hear more of our impactful stories. You can follow us on Facebook on Taikie and you can find all of these stories on Spotify, Anchor.fm and any of the other podcasting apps that you might use. Thank you and we'll see you next time.